shot towards the end zone under the Welcome in, everybody. It is another episode of Bearcat Blitz. Welcoming on my co-host, Dominic Goodman. We are out of the bye week frying pan into the, what, week seven now fire as the Bearcats look to get their first win, become the first team in the new Big 12 structure among that four new group of teams to get a win over an entrenched Big 12 opponent. No team has done it yet. And we just saw another team in UCF get it taken on the chin by a Big 12 incumbent this past weekend. Welcome in, everybody. I am your host of Bearcat Blitz, Russ Heltman. He is Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver, played for the program from 2005 to 2008. And I am your all Bearcats reporter covering all things UC football, UC basketball over at allbearcats.com. You can, of course, check out this podcast on Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. Any podcast feed, please subscribe, rate, and review there to help us keep growing the show. Get us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all that good stuff. And you can catch us on Bally Sports Ohio each and every week of the regular season. We just got some breaking news. Well, not breaking when you hear this episode, but breaking uh, right before the show started. Back-to-back noon kickoffs for the Bearcats in the upcoming weeks. They face Iowa State at noon on this coming Saturday and then Baylor at noon on October 21st. Plenty of time to dive into all that. But before we do so, reminder, everybody, football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-date stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo co- code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Dom, it's time to start up another game week. For the Bearcats here, we had Shimon Matera on last week. Really fun conversation with the tight end. He was awesome. Really great with his time. Really cool look at uh, how he's grown in the program and how he's going to continue to grow. Might be a little bit of a foreshadowing for our final topic of the day as we get into some breakout players for the second half of the season. I know we're only five games out of 12 in, but it felt like not a game to talk about this week, Dom. Good chance to kind of take a look at the season as a whole and take a look at some uh, some NFL Bearcats that we didn't get to touch on last week. We'll do all that in just a moment, but I was long-winded, man. I had to get through all the news and notes, all the custodial duties this morning on the uh, the recording line of things. Dom, welcome in, my man. Hope you had a great weekend. It's time to get back to bank game week for the Bearcats. Yeah, you know, just been kind of, kind of weird just watching other teams playing and not seeing the Bearcats playing, so it was kind of a little different, but uh, – I'm excited. You know, uh, it's a game we could talk about. It's just it's one of those games like the Bengals right now. It's just one of the must-win games and see and see what happens. Just hopefully we can put it together and figure it out just like the Bengals, you know? No doubt. No doubt. And a guy who's, who's gone through some ups and downs this year. He's still trying to find his way, I think, in terms of consistency and, and playing at a high level as a starting quarterback. But you're going to keep the job 
for a consistent amount of time, especially in the NFL, Dominic, if you can put together second halves like like Desmond Ritter did for the te- for the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon, he's now five and zero in the NFL. Desmond Ritter is former UC legendary quarterback, the greatest quarterback in the history of the program. Played at UC through twenty twenty one, about twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one, undefeated at home, Dom, and now still undefeated with the Atlanta Falcons. That was a really impressive game winning drive that Ritter led to um, help Young Way Koo get the game-winning field goal, 329 yards. I'm pretty sure that's a career-high passing total for Desmond Ritter. Had the touchdown, had the rushing touchdown as well. He's kind of hit some some fits and starts so far this season as really, Dom, the I, this is the first starting quarterback in the history of the Bearcats program at the NFL level when in terms of guys that have actually – been entrenched and gone into a season as a starting quarterback. I think I wrote about it in the in the summer that he was the first quarterback in the history of this program to enter an NFL season as the starter. Five games in, I'm pretty sure the Falcons are what three and two overall, winning record, undefeated at home. Desmond Ritter getting enough time and offering himself enough of a leash, Dom. I think to maybe eventually turn into a decent starting quarterback in the NFL if he can get the consistency hammered out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise. He's a winner. Um, his times at UC, he he pretty much won. He's a guy that he does well. I mean, he does everything, the right approach about taking on the quarterback job, what you want in the quarterback, someone that's going to watch film, someone's going to take the time out and uh, learn the playbook, get get guys involved, talk to guys. Um, he's a good – he manages the game well. He does all the right things, make the right read, make the right throws. And that's the thing you need as a uh, as a as a quarterback, and especially winning games that as he is. And it's it's not like they losing games with blowouts. The games they lost was close ones too. So it's just uh, he's doing a great job, and he is no surprise to me. Yeah, the Falcons three and two on the season, three and zero oh at, at home. As I mentioned, Ritter had two home wins, uh, two home victories last year as well. And you're right, Dom. I mean, they had the bad loss. A couple of bad the losses haven't been great offensively. I mean, they put up a combined 13 total points in the two losses, got beat uh, 43 to 13 in those. So you, you're going to have to get a little bit more consistent in terms of the offensive output here. But complimentary football, Desmond Ritter offering enough week to week to keep hold of that job behind a, a pretty, pretty strong backup quarterback option in Taylor Heineke. So we'll continue monitoring Desmond Ritter as we kind of we, we definitely have to here on Bearcat Blitz as the first quarterback in UC history. I cannot hammer that home enough to be an entrenched starter entering the season. He has uh, been very impressive. We touched on Ivan Pace Jr. last week. A lot of NFL Bearcats making their presence felt across the league. Speaking of leagues, let's take a look at these Big 12 standings, Dom. It's a great time to, I think, kind of look at where things stand as we have the Iowa State matchup coming up. The Bearcats taking on Iowa State, welcoming in a, uh, a Cyclones team that Took it on the chin against Kansas and then proceeded to, I'm pretty sure they destroyed TCU this past weekend. If I can get my uh, my computer to load here, TCU 27-14. So not a destruction. It wasn't a, an abject, just brutalization from the Iowa State Cyclones, but they proved that they can compete in this league. Can they go on the road though, Dom? Can they go on the road? That's my big question. We'll dive into that more later in the week, but looking at this Big 12 standings, Oklahoma at number one. 
you and I both know, Dom, I actually placed a little monetary wager on the Oklahoma Sooners pretty heavily this past weekend. I did not understand why on a neutral field they were underdogs to that Texas team. You and I saw what Dylan Gabriel is able to do, and you and I more importantly saw what that Tech-Oklahoma defense is able to do, and they put that on full display in the Red River shootout this past weekend, turning, I think, Quinn Ewers over three times, if I'm not mistaken. They were all over the field. Brent Venables looks like he has that that entire team just just ready to roll, just in a fervor, just in a rabid fervor. They looked really good, and they look like the cream of the crop at the top of the Big 12, 3-0 and overall. West Virginia, the only other undefeated team in the conference, 2-0 and record. They sit right behind <laughs> Oklahoma. Then we got Texas, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, BYU, Kansas State, all sitting there at 2-1 and or 1-1. and And then the bottom of the conference where Cincinnati stands, we got TCU at 1-2, and Baylor at 1-2, and Cincinnati at 0-2, and, and then Houston, UCF, all a combined 0-7 for 7 in the conference so far, those three new entrants. I think it's pretty much how most people expected this league to go early in the season, Dom, outside of Neil Brown, the ship on the shoulder from UC's new entrenched kind of geographical rival, the West Virginia Mountaineers look to be a lot more formidable than most prognosticators had them being going into the season. Impressive stuff from Neil Brown, who I know for a fact took it very personally that his team was consistently getting picked as one of the worst, if not the worst team in the conference by most metrics. Man, it's, um, it's just been crazy. You know, I even thought the way things was going in the Big 12, I, I'm kind of surprised with the whole shuffle myself. Like Kansas, I didn't think Kansas was going to be um, a team we talking about playing for a Big 12 championship. I didn't, you know. Um, also, yeah, two, two and one. That that offense is just it's legit, and the defense is just good enough to let the offense shine. Exactly, and and, and it just shows it just shows the, the the teams and the caliber of the Big Twelve right now. Um, uh, it's gonna be. It just I don't know. Oklahoma just like you said, just outright the better team. Just they got it all. Special teams, offense, defense, and they showed it in that Texas game, man. And it's just going to be one of those things West Virginia is going to have to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's one of those leagues where it's starting to kind of mirror the basketball side of things for the Big 12, where there's so much depth. There's an entrenched power that's starting to emerge as a national title contender. When you think about Kansas perennially, Baylor perennially in the big 12, and now Oklahoma returning to prominence after a what six and seven year last year, I'm pretty sure they lost the bowl game. It was the first time they've gone under 500 overall since, since the start of this century. So the fact that Dylan Gabriel, he was able to put on that kind of performance over a hundred yards rushing down. I think they were what, were they down three or four? They were down four. Or they were definitely trailing in that final drive. Yeah, and he and he had to go in and take it and lead just an amazing. It looked like BYU in the end of the first half a couple of weeks ago against UC with the way he led that touchdown drive. A lot of fun stuff happening in the Big 12. And looking at where UC stands nationally, ESPN football power index, highest of any real major analytical metric, 39th overall in the country for UC, sixth in the Big 12. They're probably factoring in some of the those luck issues UC's had that we've touched on over the past couple of weeks. S&P Plus from Bill Connolly, also an ESPN metric. They're 46 nationally, 10th in the Big 12. There are 12 Big 12 teams in that metric 
ranked in the top 49 of the country out of 133 teams. Just shows the depth in this conference. And then in the Sagarin rankings, they're sitting at 50th, 12th out of 14 Big 12 teams. And the Kelly Ford ratings, they are ninth in the Big 12, 46th overall. There's 11 Big 12 teams in the top 50 of that ranking. So, Dom, the depth is there. It's It was never going to be an easy path to six wins in a bowl-eligible season this year. It felt like it might have been a little easier after the win over Pitt, but then the luck gods struck back, and now the Bearcats with a week to kind of decompress, a week to go through the team meetings, the come-to-Jesus come to moments that uh, apparently happened last week for the office, especially as noted by Shaman Matera in our interview. It's a gut-check type of week for this program a gut check type of game that we're going to dive into between them and Iowa state more so on the Thursday episode, but you're favored by 64% of ESPN matchup simulations. You're favored by, I think four and a half opening line by Vegas when they, when they go into this week and look at the actual betting line between the two sides, odds makers expect them to win the game by four to four and a half points. So you're expected to get this win. The chances there, We'll see if they can take it. Touching on uh, homecoming week. Dom's favorite homecoming week. Memories coming up after the break. We'll also have our midseason MVP and a player that we kind of expected more so more of through the first five games that we aren't seeing enough from. And we'll dive into kind of the most important factor that they needed to address this week ahead of the rest of the regular season and our breakout player to close things out on Bearcat Blitz. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned wherever you're checking us out, whatever that medium is. Bearcat Blitz rolling along in the back half of our show. Let's get to some kind of awards and mid-season look at the entire program. MVP, mid-season MVP. I might shock people a little bit here with my answer. Dom, I'll let you start and then I'll uh, I'll start on the player that, that has been a little bit more disappointing and the guy that we had higher expectations for going into the year. Um, MVP. Uh, I'll probably have to say Coleon for the simple reason. Okay. Um, he's putting pressure on, putting pressure, helping put pressure on the quarterback, uh, bringing that pressure, helping along with him and Briggs and just helping the linebackers fill them gaps, fill them holes. And, you know, they've been excellent in the box. Um, doing great things there. Um, it's, it's, it's just one of the things I, you know, I'm an offensive guy. I like to reward somebody on the offense, but right now it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of struggling right now, but um, defense is doing a good job holding strong and just being there to give them opportunities to, um, to, to battle back. I like that pick Dante Corleone. It's, it's hard to go wrong with him as, as the, uh, as the MVP in any, any scenario right here. I'm going to stay in the trenches. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, though. A guy that I think is a huge catalyst for this yards production, for the down-to-down consistency, for the amount of first downs, top 15 nationally in first downs total this season, the Bearcats offenses. And it's largely because they've translated that Louisville system, especially that rushing attack, over to Clifton in a matter of months. And a guy who's been a big part of that, and I think the biggest part of the offensive success so far in terms of getting that offensive line gelled quickly getting the run game on track is luke kandra one of our guests on the show a couple weeks ago he leads all bearcats in terms of overall grade on offense 
from uh, from the first five games of the season. He's posted a 78 offensive grade overall. He's just been fantastic. Actually, he's second behind Miles Montgomery in overall offensive grade. Uh, Montgomery at an 82.5. But I love the way he's just been a road grading run blocker this year. 83.4 run blocking grade. And Dom, he's just he's been been an entrenched solid solid figure on that offensive line. An offensive line that was in flux throughout much of the offseason, had to come together with some pieces that we didn't know what the entrenched players were going to be, what the starting lineup was going to be going into fall camp. And I think Cantra's just done a great job with his leadership off the field, his leadership on the field, just his ability to get everything kind of kind of filling in the gaps, so to speak, being the kind of the the little uh, little caulk filling in the gaps on the on the bathroom shower, so to speak, just making sure there's no leaks, making sure it's a sound foundation, all that good stuff. A player for me that I've been a little bit more disappointed in and it could it it could factor in it could be your thing that needs to get improved upon if you wanted to go on the defensive side of the ball for when we close out the show with that topic it's Jordan Young i really expected a solid 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 showing from Jordan Young this season i thought we would be able to get down to down consistent performances especially early on in the year when you're going up against a little bit lesser powered passing attacks maybe some some uh, some group of five attacks at that in, in Miami of Ohio and FCS attacks in Eastern Kentucky. But with just a, a 59.5 overall grade, I don't need to dive into all of the coverage numbers and all that stuff, but it hasn't been great. It hasn't been great so far this season from Jordan Harris. He's been a, done a good job not allowing a ton of catches, just 12 for 26 on targets this year, 12 catches allowed on 26 targets, but 281 yards it's just too many. He's allowing way too many big plays, 23.4 yards per catch allowed. That needs to get tightened up if this defense wants to kind of hem in the explosive action that have really hampered them over the past couple of weeks, and especially in the passing game against BYU. So Jordan Young, a guy I'm looking to see turn his game around and really light a fire under the rest of his season. Dom, who's a guy that you're maybe looking to see have more of an impact based on what we expected from them going into the season? Um, I'm gonna go with Henry Jones, the quarterback. Uh, right. Just for the simple reason, as a quarterback, all the pressure's on you. Everything's on you. It all comes down to you. I like to see him make them throws, and like to see him make those reads, get rid of the ball quicker. Um, just being able to lead the team down when we go fourth, fourth down, completing, com- being being more efficient on the fourth downs and the third downs. Uh, it's just I, I just want to see more. I'm not saying he's playing terrible and all that. I'm just saying I'm just wanting – I'm challenging him because I want to see him play and take the UC Bearcats to, to another level because this is a, a very important game in that aspect of it can make and break it. So I just want to challenge him, and I think he is probably several to the challenge and make it happen, but I like to see those things coming up this rest of the season. Emory Jones grading out to about a 68.4 overall grade this season. That's kind of right in the middle of the Bearcats offense and many of the greatest offenses in the country, their best players and their most consistent players are their quarterbacks. So I think that's a, a justified little note on Emory Jones right there. And before we move on, I got to clean some things up here. Jordan Young numbers, 21.5 yards per reception allowed. He's given up 11 catches on 25 targets for 236 yards. I was reading off Jordan uh, Justin Harris's number, excuse me, which was the 281 yards allowed, 23.4 yards per reception. Both of those numbers, numbers that I'm sure Coach Kerry Coombs and the rest of that defensive staff, defensive coordinator Brian Brown, going to try to get cleaned up. 
moving forward. All right, Dom, we're running out of time here. I've been yapping a little bit too much, but there's so much, so much to get to as we get into Iowa State week. Your top, maybe real quick, your top homecoming memory from your time at the University of Cincinnati. Oh man, do we gotta talk about the time or after? You know, it's all good times when it's home. Whatever's whatever, whatever's the best story, whatever you think would make for the best story. Well, one quick one is probably I will say came back. This is when I mean I felt like everybody came back for homecoming. You got Travis that came back, you had Zach Horace, you had like just basically there's just a whole bunch of people, old alumni, just it's just good to see everybody back. And we got tailgating spot Sigma Sigma, and it was just good. I mean all of us having a good time sharing stories from back in the day when we was playing, when we was competing. Um, yeah. And we all got a chance to go down in the tunnel and just have that good feeling getting on the field. And just, you know, it's it's, it's different once you're on that field with your, with your brothers and uh, feeling that getting the flashbacks and all that, oh, oh, you see moments. It's, man, it <laughs> takes you. Drive. Exactly. It takes you back down the memory lane. And I think when you plan – and when you playing, it's a little different because you really don't know what's going on. You just so focused on the game, you don't know. You're right, it's just about. another game kind of type thing, right? It's just another it's, one on the schedule. Exactly. So you don't know the outside activity. I ain't know about the parade. I ain't know about like the tailgatings. I ain't know about all the different like frat and um, sorority parties going on. Like I didn't know any of that. So uh, just to be a part of that after you get done playing is remarkable. But far as plan wise. Um, I probably have to say the Louisville game is it, it, it was a game where we was in the Big East and Louisville was taking over for so many years. And it's for the keg and nails and we playing on ESPN and we we competing. And this is when they got Brian Brown, Larry Douglas, like they had they had a team. Um, so and they was ranked also well in the top top 15 during the time. And and we was playing them and we had our opportunities and it was a close game. And um we, we took a loss, but after that loss, it was something that really sparked something in us for the next yeah. season. What took us on to the Orange Bowl season um, that just lit a fire in us. Like we just don't, we can't keep losing to them. Just like with Miami, we can't keep losing to Louisville. So after that moment, that's when we really turned it on, and and the rest is history. After that. Love it, love it. You'll, and you're, I'm sure you're excited for the alumni festivities this coming weekend. And who you mentioned Travis Kelsey. He might be there. I, I would kind of be a little surprised if he's not at the game this coming Saturday. They got the uh, Kansas City's got a Thursday night game this week. So they got the uh, little mini buy. So we'll see if see if the Kelsey's I don't know. If, I don't know what the Eagles schedule is looking like for Jason Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey definitely has a little bit of an open date right there. We'll see if he makes an appearance in town. Fun stuff right there from Dom. I, yeah, I never really think about that. The, the players probably just think it's just another game for sure, except for the actual opponent themselves, or if there's the keg and nails or some kind of rivalry history behind it, but everything else outside going on around the game, the players are a little, a uh, little bit in a silo too, so to speak. Top factor, Dom, as we close out here and then a breakout player for the rest of the season, I'll go ahead and give my top factor for the rest of the year. It's pretty simple and I don't need to go too much in depth on it because we talked about it so much. You gotta, Get the ball in the painted area when you are close to the goal line. When you are 20 yards and in, this offense has to figure out a way to not only increase from 46, 47% hit rate on touchdowns in the red zone, but it needs to be 70%, 80%. Get it up to a more 
kind of elite level and get it up to the level that is more reminiscent of what this offense has produced 20 to 20 throughout the season. That's my number one thing for this team to figure out in the 10 days or 14 days they've had off. Can this offensive staff find the right buttons to push in the red zone and piggybacking off of that? One of those buttons I think can be pushed a little bit more often and can be a weapon that unlocks that red zone ingenuity is Shaman Mater. We mentioned him last week playing a career high in snaps against BYU, goes out and posts a career high best game in catches, yards, and touchdowns. I think he firmly cements himself as this team's go-to number one option at the tight end position, adds even more of a factor in the middle of the field, especially in the red zone, and he starts to really make an impact in the red area. I'm going to say it here, four red zone touchdowns the rest of the way for Shaman Mater. I think he hits that mark. As we uh, as we close things out here on Bearcat Blitz, Dom, your top thing they got to fix moving forward, and your breakout player. Top thing they got to fix is the explosive plays. Got to fix right. that. Can't have those. Can't can't afford those, especially against going to Iowa State. Just can't have it. And um, then things once again, we talk about helping the offense out. Um, that's one thing that will help them out tremendously. So um, stopping explosive plays and just limiting the turnovers. Um, just limiting the turnovers. And I think everything will be fine. And things that get corrected and fixed, um, we we'll see a big, we'll see a total different uh, Bearcat team. Um, as far as uh, what was the other thing, the breakout player, the guy you think should break out, breakout player. Uh, I'm gonna say Xavier Henderson. Uh, right. I think this is a time for him, like you said. Uh, in that red zone area, they I think they spent probably spent some time this this um, bye week and figured out some ways to get him the ball and give um what's Masha I don't want to mess up his name tight end Shaman Shaman Mater Shaman Mater yeah. I think they was trying to work them two in just getting red zone touches because them they big bodies and and they guys that can go get the ball the Bearcats. Dom, on ESPN's Football Power Index, our favorite to win, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, UCF, and Houston. The next six games, they are a slight, if not 60% plus favorite on ESPN's Football Power Index to win. This is a stretch where it feels like they don't have to go four and two. You'll take three and three, I guess, but starting to get some upward momentum this season, especially starting to get off of that home losing streak is a great goal to set. We'll see if they can do it starting at noon on Saturday and another noon kick on the 21st against Baylor. We'll have you all covered throughout each matchup right here on Bearcat Blitz Thursday show coming your way later in the week for Dominic Goodman. I'm Russ Seltman. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network presented by Bet Online. again. Busts free. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot race. Pass call. Touchdown. 79 yards. Big run the beach ball. This is a big one too. And it's going to go all